Good morning. Combined Rock Bible Church services. It's kind of exciting and weird. I'm going to have to find a second service extra for only service. Be your only service extra. So uh, good to see you. Uh, hope you guys online are adjusting to the new time slot. I'm sure you're okay in your pajamas and having a good old time. Um, we would love to see you. Uh, I want to reiterate some things. The Mexico meeting thing we're talking about today, we're not leaving for Mexico today. You can just come and check it out. If you have questions, just come and get some information and, and relax a little bit. And uh, coming to the meeting uh, does not obligate you to go on the trip later either. There's zero risk other than you might enjoy yourself. And learn some things. So uh, we'd love for you to just come and do do exploratory surgery. Okay, just come and check it out. It's it's a short meeting. We're usually 42 minutes, something like that. We set a record last time for shortest meeting, Mexico meeting ever. Um, men, tomorrow night, seven o'clock, Doug's backyard. If you're not sure who Doug is, he's really hard to find. Okay. Um, but we're actually out on his porch, big table. Bring a jacket and an appetite. We'll provide the Bible, the verse, and the lesson, all that stuff. Uh, we'd love to have you out there. We're, we're trying to set a new record. We, hit, we got to 18 guys at one point, and so we want to we want to break that record. All right? So uh, for those of you who Monday nights just can't do it because you get up really early and start work, Wednesday morning might be a better option for you. 6 a.m. right here with that group of guys. Uh, morning setting and the whole thing. We have coffee and whatnot, uh, but we'd love for you guys to do that. Both of those are one hour. We start, one hour, we're done, and you can be off to doing your next thing, all right? Uh, questions about either of those, come see uh, me, all right? Uh, and then before we, before we get going, um, I just uh, want to thank the church. Uh, last night we had Carol... Excuse me. Last night we had Norma Carol Clink's funeral memorial celebration of life. And it was a great time. The place was packed out downstairs and pretty much packed up in the balcony too. Um, and there were a ton of you who uh, helped and took on little tasks and worked the kitchen or worked the door or did trash or organized music. Uh, there's a certain couple that worked on the computer and the AV thing back there for hours and hours. There's all kinds of different people that helped with the family thing yesterday. Um, and it was special for us. And I think it was special for God, too. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue our series in the book of Romans. We are getting towards the end. There's two chapters left. We're actually going to do the first part of 15 today, split it in half. We'll come back with the second half of 15 next week. And then we're going to get to the end here, and that means new series, new book. I've never done this before. But if you have a preference or would like to hear from a book, just so long as we haven't done it in the last year, <laughs> uh, uh, I'd be interested if any of you have opinions or want to hear about something in particular. Come talk to me, okay? Now, don't send me an email, okay? <laughs> Texting, calling, or face-to-face -face is best, amen? 
Amen. So we'll be looking that for that in the next couple weeks. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue on. Um, and, and the concept uh, really kind of has to do with what Brent covered last week uh, in chapter 14, this idea that, you know, what's clean, what's not unclean, what, are, what rights do we have, and do we cause others to stumble, and uh, when do we judge other people, and the whole kind of thing. And I, I want to make sure we're clear um, that God's intention for us is strength, to get to a position of strength. Regardless of the position of other people, whether they're weak or, or you know, eating something or drinking something makes them stumble or doing something or being part of something or voting a certain way, it's a, none of that should matter. If you vo- view someone else as weaker than you, how do we treat them? Say that louder. With love. Thank you. Um, this idea that uh, everything is clean, right? How many things are clean? All things. How we use them can be a problem if we use them in a way that is painful or damaging because someone else is confused. Now, personally, when I do something and someone else has a problem with it, I like to think that it's their issue because they are confused. I feel much better when I think of it that way. Um, but it is a little bit biblical. Now, you have to check yourself and find out when you're wrong because, well, I'm wrong half the time at least, according to Julie. Um, so there's a, there's a concept that came out of last week that we're called to strength and therefore we're gracious and loving to others. Amen? Regardless, is, is there... A prerequisite for them? Zero. Uh, Because it's based on what Christ has done for us. That's our foundation heading into chapter 15. We're just going to do the first uh, 13 verses this morning. And um, we're going to get to a concept of, of harmony. How are we getting to harmony? You will never get to harmony by modifying someone else's behavior. By getting in someone else's face, telling them they're wrong, arguing. It wasn't an argument, Scott. It was a discussion. Yeah, you're wrong. Choosing to be wrong for a little while, that others might have their turn, get their way. Um, I love this phrase, have their learning curve when you know you were right. Let them fail. Who do they come back to? If you were nice to them, they come back to you. And we get to a place that some people name their little girls. Oh, go back to the initial slide. The harmony? Are we, harmony, there we go. Harmony um, has, it, it happens if we believe it. Now, I'm, I'm stealing both phrases from actual words in actual verses from a passage today. Um, they're separated, but I finally figured out over the 13 verses that it's meant to go together and we can get to harmony if we believe in it and there's some action steps that help us get there. Now I've mapped out the road. You ready? Let's pray. And then uh, we'll hit it full speed. Lord, thanks for this morning. I have to say thank you for last night. But thank you for our time. Any time that we come together, focus on you, learn from you, correct ourselves, encourage others, are edified, built up, heal, 
trust, Lord, that we have hope in all of these things, that you are in control of all of them all the time. Pray that'll be true in the next few moments as we look at your word. We thank you for what Paul wrote and how your spirit guided it. May it, may it be a blessing to us and may it glorify and honor you, your son. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So we who are strong, now we know why I explained that whole thing of we got to be strong, right? We're called to strength, right? If we're strong, we have an obligation to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, to please yourself would be to make sure that others know about their failings, right? Obligation to bear the failings of the weak. Um, excuse me, I know that you're weak, but you really just failed there. That goes one place. Where is it? Bad, south, nowhere, conflict, pain, loss of relationship, right? Um, what does it mean to bear the failings of the weak? What, um, what would that require of you? Tolerance. Tolerance. This is a good word. What else? I hate that word. Patience. I have to be patient with other people. What's the only other worst kind of patience? There's tolerance and patience with other people, and then there's being patient with, it's even worse, yourself. That, that's a learned behavior, folks. Trying to be patient with yourself when someone you consider weak, by the way, that's just a title and may or may not be true, right? And whether we think they have failed or not, well, we'll find that out later. When? Later. Wait and see. Maybe be careful when we come to some of these titles or definitions uh, because sometimes we can take them uh, and we beat people up with them. Well, I know Paul told me I get, to, I get to bear the failings of the weak and you failed and you're weak. <sighs> really bad. Instead, what's, what's the call here? What's the challenge? How about we go back one ver line up and take the fourth word? What are, what are you being challenged towards? Strength. Bite your tongue. Change your thoughts. Control your emotion to the benefit of those around you, regardless of what you want to call them. Paul says this is what we're supposed to do. Whether they ate the wrong thing or went to the wrong place, or did you know they go to our movies, they have a tattoo and a piercing, and they listen to that devil music, and I stop. Because I don't like your music. Uh, let each... How many? Are you off the hook? No. Okay. Let you please your neighbor for your good when it's convenient and non-costly. For his good. So who are we catering to? Catering? Oh. This is why I don't like patience. Because during my patience, now not just waiting... Now what do I have to do? Yeah, let's find a more um, kindergarten word. How about help, assist, and tell your face, smile, 
while you serve. Yeah? So that they are, what's the goal? To build them up. How do you know if you're succeeding? Are they getting better? Well, maybe they're not getting better, but are they happier? Are they feeling better? Um, do they shake your hand, send you a card, call you, send you a text, hug you, and say thank you? If not, you better find another way to measure. Are they getting better? Yeah, they're back at church. Yes, they did come to the house. Whatever it might be. We've got to find ways for us to leave people in better condition than the way that we found them. Now, I have known this concept my whole life. When you go and stay somewhere, like somebody's house, and you hang out all night and eat 300 tacos and make a mess and trash and track stuff and the whole thing, you leave the place in better condition than the way that you found it. Yes? I was we got up this morning. The house was immaculate. A plus, you guys all, you win. And we might invite you back now. <laughs> right? I am finding out now that this applies to people, not just rooms or venues. I leave people in better condition than the way I found them. That's rough. Because I find people in some pretty bad conditions. And sometimes my first inclination is to just walk away ignore i have kids and a family and a wonderful wife and i can spend my time and energy on them i have a church and other things to do i have some hobbies i'd like to invest in and they're going to be too much work Ooh, strike that phrase from your vocabulary they are too much work no it's a violation amen because we are building up how, how long does it take to build always too long it always takes too long too much work, it's never on time, and it's always over budget. Amen? Amen? Any building project ever. This will be more true about your human relationships. Uh, four, three, four, this means because. Why are we doing the first two verses? Because of Christ. He did not please himself, as it is written. The reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Did Jesus do the first two verses? in spades he won that game you can't compete with him he solved death he solved sin he gave uh, gives grace a way out he brings healing guidance all these other things he answers prayers you want a kid pray first find a spouse later it could work and has many times you want a job you want out of a job <laughs> That might be a better one, right? You want out of a relationship? You want clarity on something? He's the guy to go to. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction? Bam! Now, are there any soapboxes? What can I stand on right now? Because I'm about to go full tangent, okay? Where am I going to stand? I'm going to stand over here. Off screen. Here we go. No, this is not off screen. This is on screen. Am I on screen yet? Oh. Hi, guys. I'm sick and tired of people telling me the Bible is not valid today in this day and age, that it's written to old people, that it's culturally irrelevant or anything. 
because now I got a verse. Why do we have the Bible, folks? Please tell me that we have more first service people in here than just Katie. Okay? It's for our instruction. Was it written by an author with intent for an audience at that time? Say yes. yes. Why do we still have it, though? Letters get uh, torn up and used as kindling in the fire because it's good use of an old letter. But if there's content that's meant for later, why would it get preserved so long? Why would it be the number one selling thing of all time? Because God deemed it so. We're here because the relationship with the Lord actually works. If you believe in God and go to church and follow him to the best of your ability, you will fail miserably all the time, but he will reward the effort. And after 59 and a half years of marriage, you can go to your glory. That's Carol. She could barely move and she still would show up at church. I don't think it was because of the son-in-law. At some point, we have to believe our instruction is the purpose of why we even still have churches, that the Spirit is still with, I'm going, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you a helper because you will continue to need help and instruction, direction. I'm going to preserve Scripture, multiple, multiple books by many, many authors over many, many generations. It's for us. Are we done with soapbox? Okay. That's why we have scripture, and that's going to smack us in the face in a little bit when we come to the fill-ins, all right? That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, I want you to enjoy this little subtle thing. Why is that capitalized? Scriptures is not a fancy word. It's, it's not a name. We're not, it's not the title of a song. What's that little capitalization of the S? What's that meant to just kind of point to? Word of God, the importance of? It, it kind of is a title, maybe. Maybe it is actually a song. It's full of songs, for sure. We're trying to leave it weight. A great devotion of how we live our lives. We're continuing to tr give God and His Word weight even in the way we write little things. When you write Bible, you capitalize it? Yes. You capitalize Christ, Jesus? Do you say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays? Why do we do all these little things? Because we want to be defiant and um, disrupt culture and be re mean and tell everybody they're wrong. No. We do it because we want to emphasize the things that have weight and importance. Bring it back to normal. Because we're losing it. As a country, as a culture, as a humanity, we're losing the understanding of God. So it's through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, that's starting to sound like an equation, we might have hope. What's hope? What is hope? I don't know, Scott, I lack hope. I have doubts. I'm a pessimist. I'm a realist. 
Just say it like it is. No, you're infected is what you are. And we're going to keep talking about that. Lack of hope is an infection. May the God of endurance... Did you know that was one of his titles? I've heard God is love. I've heard Elohim, Yahweh. What else have we heard? Wonderful counselor. He's got a lot of titles, yeah? Did you know he's the God of endurance? Why? Why, Dad? Why is he the God of endurance? Because he needs that in his identity to feel good about himself. Who is he providing endurance for? So who needs the endurance? Ooh, so it comes from outside of you? And it's a lacking. Interesting. You need a resource outside of yourself to, in order to endure. And encouragement, the God of encouragement, that's another title for him. Um, same equation, who needs the encouragement? He's not doing it for himself. We need to be encouraged. Why? Because, just put dis on the front of it, we become discouraged. How easily? In the flash of an eye, right? Able to be discouraged in a single bound, right? Old Superman thing. Um, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you that something. He has to give you something because you lack it to start. Grant you to live in such. Ooh, grant you to live in such. Harmony. Hey, people say it at home loud enough for us to hear it here because it's really quiet here. Okay. Grant us to live in such. Harmony. With. Ooh, now we're back to the rub. A bearing the failings of the weak. Because whether you're in harmony does not matter. Are they in harmony also? Do you need to be encouraged to promote harmony? Do you need to be encouraged to endure? We need to be in harmony with one, one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Was he unifying? He is. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Now, if we stay on that little verse 7 right there, find me a disclaimer. I can't. I can't, Scott. There's, there's zero disclaimers in there. Ooh, what did we just eliminate? All X and ends with excuses. All right? There are no excuses. Who do we welcome? Don't you hate that? It would be so much easier if I could be discerning. No, I'm just being wise, Scott, about how I choose to spend my time and who I choose it with. Careful. You want to play that game? God's better at it than you. He could choose to stop blessing you and stop spending time on you or stop enduring you or encouraging you um, because you failed to reciprocate other ways. Do we have examples of that in Scripture? Yeah. Talk to Jonah or David or any number of them. Peter, like foot-in-mouth guy, right? It just, this kind of stuff happens. He wants us to do it to glorify himself. So be welcoming. Verse 8, here we go. For I tell you, this is another reasoning, that why the first six verses? 
that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness. He proven himself. In order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Who did we cover? If we've got the circumcised and the Gentiles, who, who have we covered? That's everybody. Right? So is God setting the example of which he's commanded us? He says, you want to be welcoming to everybody? Why? Well, because Jesus did. God did from the beginning. This has always been the plan. For it is written, or as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Sweet. Did we sing to his name today? I'm pretty sure we did at least three times. Yeah. Are we Gentiles? Yeah, we've got... No, not here today. Okay. Um, and again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Okay, have you got it? Gentiles are in? Yeah. Okay. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Man, we're really beating this horse, aren't we? And let all the peoples extol him or praise him or draw attention, uh, spotlight him. Might be a best way for us to say it today. Um, why all this Gentile stuff? Why three times over, three different passages, three different quotes? What, what, is he, he really trying to drive home a point? Yeah, who's a Gentile? Anybody that's not a Jew, not part of the original covenant, that's you. I want you to take it a little more devotionally because we look at people and we think we're in, right? One of the ways to say the Jewish people is to say God's chosen people. And then there's everybody else. Well, we become Christians because now we have the New Testament and the Gospels and the cross and all that stuff. Sin's gone. Death is conquered. And praise be his name for he is love and gracious to us and offer salvation freely to all who would ask, right? Knock and you shall receive. Amen? Amen? Well, now we're his chosen people. Yeah? And those that are yet to be Christians, they're yet to be his people. In a way, they're, say it, they're Gentiles. Ew. Yuck. Right? You got to be careful of that thinking because it's alive and well today. Who do you deem a Gentile? Uh, what do you mean, Scott? Who do you... Mm, they're all right at arm's distance. It's a rough one. God's calling us out of judgment and into welcoming so that we can all extol him. Verse 12, please, last two. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. This is the descendant of Jesse, or the descendant of the line, uh, the line of Judah, the kings, whatever. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, to him will the Gentiles, and there's our word, hope everybody's got a shot then everybody can have hope all right usually i try not to do this i have a coach who helps me try and avoid this but i'm gonna do it i'm gonna should on you you should have hope you should be projecting hope you should be helping others get hope, think about hope, uh, construct hope, whatever, however you get hope. 
That's a should for us. And for them. Actually, for how many? All of them. Right? And may the God of hope... Ooh, new title. Verse 13. May the God of hope... Now he's the God of endurance. He's the God of encouragement. And now he's the God of hope. May that God, that God of hope, fill you. Why do you need to be filled? Because you're empty. <laughs> you're so shallow, Scott. It's one of my favorite put-downs. Not, right? Um, hope, we have to be filled. Hope is something he has to give us, and apparently something else. We'll fill you with all joy and peace you can have hope, joy, and peace in Okay. Let's pretend this is a second service extra. All right? This is our only service extra. Right? We can have hope, joy, and peace in Oh, man. We need some... Um, do we have any Wheaties or whatever? What do we need? More some caffeine? Come on. We're going to get loud, folks. We get to do this once. I feel cheated. I, there's no second service today. This is my one shot, okay? We can have hope, joy, and peace in believing. It's called faith. Believing in faith, as defined in Scripture, is the hope, no, the belief in things hoped for and the assurance of things yet seen. I'm going to help you translate that into more proper language. It's not, and, and the assurance of things not seen or unseen. It's the assurance of things yet to see. What did we just do when we changed that? We did green language, Scott. Yes, thank you. But tell me, what does it functionally do for you? If it's not seen, that's one thing. If it's yet to be seen, we preserved hope in the way we said it which is what Paul's done through this whole thing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Holy Spirit, by the way, is implication that it's an ongoing process rather than just a one-time gift like the cross. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen. How do we do this? How do we do this? These are all great concepts, Scott, but what do I do? Sorry. One, you endure. He's God of endurance, and he calls you to endurance. There's a couple verses here. We got our fill-ins here. Um, here we go. Verse 4 and 5 calls us to endure. What's implied? If you have to endure, does that mean there'll be conflict or discomfort? Yes. Fill in last year. <laughs> Praise God it is over. And may that year burn somewhere very hot. One, nothing to do with last year. Except for my son's graduation and all these other positive things that did happen. How do you endure? The faith you believe. Um, I could make a list of all the terrible things that happened last year. I could also make another list of what? Hey, great stuff, right? 
Daughter went off to college. Pretty good? Yeah. Can I come up with more? Like kids getting good scores on things and all this other stuff. People actually showing up at family holidays and spending it with me. Those kind of, can we make a big list over here? Yeah. What does that do to the pain and suffering and the difficulty of conflict and the other things that are not good? It helps you endure. Why? Does it change your thinking? Is the bad stuff, Bill, still bad? Is the good stuff still good? So nothing changes here. I wonder if there's anything close to here that might be changed if you focused on the positive and made good lists of all the things that did happen. Something very close to here. Does anybody have any ideas like where might help change? Oh, you mean how you feel in your emotions? How you respond? How about your face? There's some people I would love to change their face. Yeah, Scott, we'd like to change your face too. Right? Um, we got to get to a place where we figure out how to endure because it's, um, this one's rough, okay? Brace yourself. It's commanded. You are commanded to endure. It's a very simple concept. Why are you still here? Let's, let's have a really fast experiment, okay? Have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. No, hand, no. if you have done this, I want to see your hand up in the air. Like, okay, hands down. Why are you still here? Endure what? Why? Huh? For, we can, can glorify Him in heaven better than we could glorify Him here. Why are we still here? We could go to church and we have a process and... Why do we keep going to church? Why is there a process still? Why are we still enduring? Because if we can't answer this, I'm out. Why are we still here, folks? Others, the yet-to-be's. There's things he wants to do and accomplish that are beyond your salvation. If you were gone after you were solved, it would all be about you. Have you figured it out? It's not about say me. (laughs) It's not about me. I love that. It's like last night. There were like a hundred something downstairs, like 40, 50 upstairs, people everywhere. There was food over there and there was stuff here and flowers there and pictures and songs. And then do you know how much of it I did? I did talk a little bit, Sarah, A a little bit. How, bu- how much of it was about me? This much, there's about this much of it that was me. Do you know that's a wonderful equation? You know how much responsibility that takes off of you? How freeing it is? And yet you still get to be on the team, wear a uniform, play in the game, and be part of the W, ends with N. You get to be part of the win? I love that. Competitive males are a bane in our society, but um, we'll get to that some other day. They love to mock men who've made a professional sports team, and their professional sports team makes it to the championship, and they win, and they get a ring, and it's amazing. And they sat the bench the whole time. And some of us competitive men like to say, yeah, but he sat the bench. He's terrible. He didn't even play. He got a ring that someone else earned. 
What say you? I say he's way better than anybody else on the planet, and he made that team, and he earned that ring by being on that team, and he was ready to go at a moment's notice if somebody got hurt, and he should wear that ring with pride. Now, did he get to score at all or defend anything or put a ball through a thing? or Did he do any of that? He might have not even carried water, which is a shame, because if you're on the bench, you should find something to do to be involved. Are you okay with that in your relationship with the Lord? Being sidelined, yet you're still on the team. That will be your experience. And I want to, I want to say this carefully. I've started to figure that, that if you're a pastor and you dedicate your life to serving Him and you start a church and you go to seminary and you try to raise your kids like that, that crappy horrible things still happen to you and you still get sidelined. That's not fair. It's absolutely fair. How's it fair? Someone else gets a turn. Well, there's a concept. How's it fair? I get to learn. How's it fair? I get to be humble. How about this? How, it's fair. I, I get to rest. I get a break. You need to be careful when you look at what you need to endure as if it's full negative. You may find out later it was almost all positive, and the only negative part of it was your thinking, your evaluation of it because it absolutely turned out for the best. A doer and, what was that capitalized word again? Scripture. Yeah, the encouragement. He said God of encouragement. But did you notice in verses 4 and 5 that encouragement of the Scriptures. Endure and, I love this, read. Read. Read what? The Sunday funnies? Is that still even a thing? Do they have that still in the newspaper? Yeah. The funny section on Sundays? What, are we, what should we be reading? Where should you be reading in the Scripture, in the Bible? How about any of it? Because you can't, you can't read all of it. i just tell you. It'll take you more than right now to read all of it. Read all of it. It like, takes a year or takes at least a, a month of like steady reading, eight hours a day, whatever. Read whatever you can. Read whenever you can. Find something you're interested in. See if it looked up. Come ask me. Hey, Scott, I want to read about blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, oh, well, turn to Joshua or Judges. There's some good stuff in there about that certain thing. But find something to read. Why? It will help you within the first one. Right? What do you get when you read Scripture? Knowledge of how to fix a carburetor? You, you get knowledge of God. And you get encouragement. You get knowledge of what else? And you get knowledge of actions. You get to know who God is, who we are, and then maybe a suggested course of action. When you need to endure, 
Folks, you need to know the character of God and what he is like. What is his intention and what makes his heart stir? And then you need to know who you are. Empty, lacking, <laughs> got holes. It's different than being holy. But there's a course of action for you. He gives us a spirit. He gives us information. I'm pretty sure I beat into you the idea that it's for our instruction, this book. Look at how thick that thing is. I need you to read this by next Sunday. <laughs> Find a Bible that's readable for you. Find a translation that works. Well, how do I know which translation is best? The one you're reading. How about that? What's your favorite translation? The one you're reading? I love this one. What's your favorite verse, Scott? The one I'm reading? What's the implication? That I can never stop reading. So my favorite verse is the verse I'm going to read next that I continue to read. Instead of banking on that one book, you know, I really look like Judges, but Genesis as the first book. That's really all I need. What have I just done to the rest of the scriptures? I can just bank on what I learned in Genesis and I'm good. Uh-uh. That's a story about like four generations of knuckleheads. Most of it. I mean, chapter 12 on. I mean, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph and his brothers. I mean, let's, uh, how about a lesson on what not to do pretty much all the way through? When you pick a, va- a favorite verse, what have you done to all the other verses in the Bible? Be careful. What's your favorite verse, God? Oh, it's Isaiah 6, 8. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who, for, who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. I love that verse. If I have to pick one, I'm picking that verse. But what have I done to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13? I don't know, Scott. I don't even know what that one is. There's no temptation that's come upon man, but such is common to man, and God is faithful and not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape that you may endure it. Wow, I wonder how that verse came up today. If I just like Isaiah 6, 8, then what happens to 1 Corinthians 10, 13? It's not as much, not as important. You want to memorize verse? Absolutely. Memorize more than one. Memorize another. I, I love some people like, my verse for the year. Love it? It's got a year. It'll sink in. But next year, what do they have to do? And what do they have to do with last year? they got to remember last year too. We're making progress because we're continuing to read. Amen? All right. Number two. We endure and we are encouraged through the reading of Scripture. And we do that, endure and read, with hope. Find a lady named Hope and do a Bible study. To endure and read with hope. What's that? What's that? What's being um, asked for there? Implied. Oh, this was great for Peter, but I could never do it. Is that reading with hope? Wait, you mean Peter had faith? on something that made no sense, and it worked? Could that work for me? Okay, now take him walking on water and replace it with something that's actually going on in your life, okay? If you attempt to walk on water to be like Peter and have hope in it, 
you will sink and drown. Because you're not walking with Jesus. You're not in a storm on a boat. It's, you're in a totally different scenario. But do you have your own version of a storm? Do you have a vo- your own version of a request? Do you have your own version of something you could hope for and believe that will happen, although it is yet to be seen? You do? Um, when you read with hope, when you endure with hope, we have another uh, way to say that. It means I'm being an opti- optimist. Pessimist, pessimism might be a sin. It's a good thing you said might, Scott. You wouldn't want to make an overall general statement. You're right. And the only reason I said might is to make sure that you can't argue with me. But you get the point. Are we called to optimism? Are we commanded toward it? Why? Because we have a good God who is all-powerful all the time. He is ever-present. And He knows a little bit. Does He know what's going to happen to you? No, He knows all things too. Where's the doubt? You know, God doesn't have that word in His vocabulary. Doubt. And He'll never add it. Uh, with hope in Jesus, right? Because we got to get it from outside of us. We have to trust that what Christ did on the cross was assigned to us, that He can do more than that and wants to do it with us. In fact, He wants to do it for yourself. You know, I really hope that Fred does well. I hope that Howard's eye surgery goes well, that detached retina thing. I really hope for him. I've been praying for him. By the way, pretty cool to see Howard up here again, huh? You too can have a detached retina. Right? Um, It's a whole other thing to believe that God has an optimistic, positive future plan for you that's in process when you are in the middle of conflict, you have doubt, it's painful, and you've yet to see it. What do you believe about yourself? What do you hope for yourself? And, and here, here's where I want to be a little more specific. Let me get on stage for this one. What voices do you listen to? There are way too many voices out there. Most all of them are pessimistic, competitive, judgmental. They will call you weak and a failure. That's why Paul had to remind us not to act that way. So what are the voices you were meant to listen to? Well, I used to listen to Grandma Carol. She was positive all the time, but now she's gone. I don't know who to listen to. Who do you listen to? We listen to God? When you hear something positive, can you listen to it even though, I mean, it was only Fred that said it. I mean, what does he know anyways, right? Can you listen to it? Where do all good things come from? Heaven above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no shifting shadow. Could he use Fred, that weak, failing individual, to give you a positive message? Or should you listen to it? Wait, are you saying, Scott, that there's times I should ignore Fred and then there's other times that I should listen to Fred? Yes. Happy, happy joy time, you listen. 
Anybody want to jump all over your case? Tell them you have a hair appointment. Got to go. All right? Do this for yourself. You, you need to have a positive image of yourself. You were created in Christ Jesus in God's image with a purpose, and you're still here because he wants you to endure some light and momentary affliction so that you can accomplish some great things. What are they? Yet to know, yet to see. But it's going to be awesome. Others might come to glorify God in it, and, um, and you might have to extol. Isn't that word? Extol the Lord? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, but you'll enjoy it when it happens. Okay? Um, with hope in Jesus for yourself and thank you how'd you know you've been reading do I need to explain this one no we've already explained it let's move on all right you got to do it for others uh, but I want you to see this uh, underneath the fill-ins there's a little thing that says vs oh it's not a video series oh. uh, generally I put those in the order that they arrive Verse 4 came before verse 12. Verse 12 became before verse 13. Why would I put two at the end? Because after reading the first three, Scott, in order, I would want, you would want me to go back and look at how the passage started in verse 2 to realize that this was thematic throughout the whole passage. Brilliant answer. Good job. Okay, so there you go. Number three. Uh, one we're going to endure and read with hope in Jesus for yourselves and others, leading to, ooh, joy. Joy. Do you want to be happy? Happy is different than joy, Scott. Ugh. <laughs> no. Can you, can you be joyful? How would that, how would that happen functionally? Because hard to call this a joyful year. I'm telling you folks, you have no idea how much our family spins on these kind of concepts this year, and especially me. How do you do it? You live through it. We call it enduring, right? And we try to be encouraged that what? This is light and momentary. I don't know about the light, but momentary I might go with because maybe next year it'll be over. And it's definitely affliction. How do you have joy in that? You, you start to believe. You keep at it. You keep working. You stay in the Word. You stay around people who are. You keep going to church. You serve. You come to the river, come to the river. Taste and see? This is so funny. It's like, you're going to go down to the river. All right, I'm going to get down on the, on the banks of the river. I'm going to taste the river. <laughs> That's hilarious. Can I just taste the cup? Right? Faucet, maybe? Why river? Why taste the river? There's a disconnect that I just pointed to, right? It's just goofy to drink from the river. Sometimes you say drink from the fire hose, same concept. What's the contrast? What's being said there? Is there a bigger supply than you could drink? Just a little bit more? 
how long could you drink from the river until the river was empty? Never. You drinking from the river, will it affect the river at all? No, don't go environmentalist on me, okay? <laughs> well, actually, if uh, so many ounces comes out, then the spread of saturation farther down into the fields will be diminished, and we might lose a couple grains of grass. Or, uh, shut up. What's the point? Come, come to the river, taste and see. It's an endurance and joy thing. There's a supply from God beyond anything you could ever use up. You could never consume what he can provide. You will never have the capacity to enjoy the fullness of his blessing, the grandeur of his specificity. How perfect for you individually he could make it. Yeah? All right. Now, if you had that, let's say you, you got some endurance and you, you were encouraged, you were reading the scripture, you were hopeful, you are realizing you got some better definitions for yourself and others, the way you viewed them, and it brought true joy to your life. You would get to a state of catharsis. Well, gee, Scott, I didn't take that psychology class. What the heck does that mean? You would... Find yourself at, starts with P, at peace. I'm just so unsettled. I'm overstimulated. There's so much to do. I don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. Wah! If there was just an equation, if this is just a way for me to do this, then I would do it. If God would just tell me, I would obey. Hmm. Folks, we, we, we lined it out this morning. There's an absolute equation. By the way, and it was you and Jesus and mostly Jesus, right? Cross, grace, uh, unlimited supply, all-knowing, ever-present, all that kind of stuff. What do you need to do? Stay alive. Do a little research. Trust him. Keep going. Help some other people. You mean that works? Yes. It's called endurance. I heard somebody the other day say, God speaks very seldom. Very seldom can we hear God speak with clarity and loud. It happens once in a while. What say you to that? That true? Huh? Can be? Can that be true? I would say for a while I felt that way too. Could he speak more often with more clarity, with more power? Could he do it regularly? How would you experience it? Come to the river. <laughs> you would have to try it. How will I know I like sushi? Well, you got to put it in your mouth at some point. And you either do or you don't. 
I'm a firm believer it takes people about seven sushi experiences before they actually start to like anything, right? And the first few might be pretty bad. Um, so goes your relationship with the Lord. If you will pursue God, it will be difficult. You might start reading in a passage that doesn't make sense and wish that I was around to help you understand what it means or a better place to start. You might pray for something and feel like you're waiting too long for it to get answered. You might be around people who are a little bit too spiritual and just, gosh, I have no idea what their experience is like. And so you have trouble relating. And your learning curve might be tough at first. And you will hear God speak seldom and vaguely. Still soft voice, we're told in the Old Testament. Does practice make something? Practice makes um, turf? No. Practice makes what? Perfect. Perfect. Is that true about God? What's your action item? No, this is a, um, a non-interactive uh, portion of the morning. When I ask this question now, I want you to think for yourself specifically and individually. What's your a action item for coming and seeing and tasting and see, coming to the river and tasting and seeing? What endurance, like what piece of that that you heard this morning could you do today, this week? What could you remember about God, focus on? What verse could you memorize? What song could you uh, download and play in your car? What uh, podcast could you listen to? What person could you go sit with? Um, what could you pray for? And what weak person could you tell that has failed? That was a joke. What's your action item? Because if you go out of here with nothing, you will get nothing. I would prefer a brand new car. Right? Remember the game shows? They would show up. Hey, you got a brand new car. And I remember thinking to myself, how did they? I never got one. How come they get one? I figured it out. They showed up at the show. And if you're at the show, it eventually happens to somebody. Your relationship with the Lord. Show up. When you show up, show up in strength. I want to give you um, an only service extra. No, we're kind of done. I want you for the rest of your life, when you walk in somewhere, you walk in there with strength and confidence that you are his. And there is an agenda for you. It might be for you to be quiet and humble and help. It might be for you to take charge. It might be for you to be one of the lemmings. It might be any number of things but you're there on purpose, walk in with confidence and strength. And expect that he will speak with clarity. And then try anything that you're 51% convinced of. Yeah? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for a system that works. What that really means, Lord, is you work. You do make sense if we think about it, work at it. It can be mysterious, but it, it does come together. We can have hope. Therefore, we can make it through things. We can get some instruction. 
You have an equation for us. Thank you for that, Lord. Give us things to do to pursue you. I thank you that you um, you showed us how to do it through Jesus. That he endured, took instruction. He had hope in the end. Despising the shame, he was obedient even unto the cross. And you had him do that for everyone. If you're here and you've not, you've yet to accept that. Make a decision. Come to the river. It can be as easy as telling God, I want in. I want in. Let us know so we can help. Come talk to us after. Thank you for all this, Lord. In your son's name, amen. God keep his covenants? Can you keep your covenants? Can you? You can. You can endure. You can be encouraged. You can do it with hope and joy and peace. Can you do it for 59 and a half years? Till death do us part? Wayne, you did it. You said death do us part like 60 years ago. You kept the covenant. You're a true example of God and what we can do. You're an example to us all. Risk this one. May you be like Wayne in your own way. Amen? Amen. Okay, quick, I'm going to get off stage before I get struck by lightning. <laughs>